From the newsroom at Eater, I'm Amanda Clute. Oh, and I'm Daniel Janine. And this is Eater's Digest, a show about all things food and dining. With a little help from the biggest names in the world of food and the journalists here at Eater, we try to understand what's happening right now in kitchens, restaurants, and dining rooms around the world. This is our first show back yeah. in the new year. First new show. Oh, this isn't in the dock. Yeah. No, so it sure isn't. we're going to talk about food resolutions. Yeah. And I wasn't even here for that, so I actually don't even know what that Daniel means. Daniel doesn't even know. What is a food resolution? So, you know, a lot of people in the new year say, I'm going to go on a diet mm. or I'm going to drink less. This is... Not to malign those people. No, but, you know, kind of. <clears throat> like, are you really are you really going to change your life in this way? And um, no carbs a, outside of restaurants 2020, baby. Wow, is that your resolution? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not that big on diets in general. Anyway, this is more about how would you like to eat differently mm-hmm. in the new year that's not health related. Yeah. Yeah. And what is it? Just a bunch of... People saying, like, now meatless is un- is cool. Well, I've been going meatless kind of for the last six months. <laughs> People catching up to their friend Danny. No. Well, you'll just have to stay tuned and take a listen. What, so your resolution is no carbs outside of restaurants? <laughs> <laughs> I wish! <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? I mean, I thought I about that. I would love if that were your resolution. Just uh, That's been my resolution for life. Ever since my I was eight years old and my dad was like, hey, when we go to McDonald's, don't eat the bottom bun. That's oh, basically dad. <laughs> that's that's where that's the direction I've been going in. Yeah. Why would you eat a carb outside of a restaurant? You know, realistically, what do you mean? <laughs> what for what reason? Because they're delicious. I know, but there's no uh, but if there's no art behind the carb, then I you should stay I mean, away from the carb. Can you not make delicious carbs at home? That's I mean that okay that gets into what is your idea? Of, I mean a restaurant obviously is you pay for the food. I'm just saying if if there's if there's love and, and care and uh-huh. artistry behind the carb then you can eat the carb i'm just saying like i'm not you know no chips okay no, no chi- chips no chips you know i just went to oaxaca yeah and what i brought back yeah fun chips well maybe then i'll you don't have to have them. i'm not gonna somebody else will have well them. fun but okay but here oh, god damn it are we getting <laughs> fun chips are interesting <laughs> your, though because your wall is already breaking yeah but fun <laughs> chips like away. i think you can try every brand of chip at least once you know and mm-hmm. like whenever i go back to canada i'm like oh i've missed all dress chips i'm gonna remind myself what they taste like but that's not really i mean i know what they taste like but it's just a rationalization that i use in the airport all right so no chips no chips 2020 for daniel yeah i mean no carbs unless they're in a restaurant big, well, yeah, if a restaurant wants to make some chips or some fries or whatever, and they what have- What if you come home drunk and mm-hmm. need a late night- All bets are off food. Okay. If, if you're okay. drinking. So there's a lot of, a lot of caveats You know, but resolution. I have had a resolution, like, even if I'm out and I'm tanked, no late night food. Like, that's one mm. I tried to stick to for a while, and I actually did. Problem is, now I live next to that Katz's Deli. Your, that's bad for your hangover, though. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you're I about don't. to turn 30, so talk to me next month. In 16 days or something. Yeah. Jesus. Talk to what me you, soon about how your hangovers. To about? Get yeah. ready. Ugh. Brace. I mean, they're not great <laughs> as, you know, to begin with. Because you don't eat enough late night food. I eat enough late night food. <laughs> okay. I don't eat it. There's, I eat no shortage of late night okay. food. Okay. All right. So anyway. Cats, I keep cats in business. So you have some food and resolutions. And Punjabi Deli. We're gonna talk to. Some I of don't our, have any. Some of our. <laughs> we're gonna talk to some of our friends. At My Eater. only resolution is not to Uber to work. All right. All right. Okay. That's not food related, but that's <laughs> well, smart of you. To, yeah. Fiscally responsible. Uber pool only 2020. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Daniel. Yeah. How was your trip to Tokyo? Oh, Tokyo and Seoul. How was your trip to Tokyo and Seoul? Um, honestly, fantastic. You know, I have some beef. 
have some beef with these like old school New Yorker people who think that they are the guardians of like all this Tokyo food brilliance. Like huh? for anyone who's been intimidated by Tokyo um, food wise and like, oh, I don't even know where to start. Just go. You'll figure it out. Check out the eater guide. Like, just get one recommendation from one person and just start building around it. Okay, mm-hmm. you don't need someone who's been Instagramming from Tokyo for the past twenty years to tell you where to go because they made it up at the beginning too. You know? Do you think people have that hang up? I think I did, <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm coming for all these friggin' like fancy New Yorkers who like consider themselves the guardians of Tokyo. Because if anyone has Tokyo questions, come to me. I think this says more about you than about them. <laughs> All right. So Maybe they didn't respond to me, and it frustrates, irritates okay. me a little bit, okay? okay Maybe gonna, there's some spite hung we're over. We're going to move on to resolutions, and then... Well, that's all you wanted to hear yeah. about the trip? And then... <laughs> <You're> done? <laughs> then we're going to talk about stories. <laughs> okay. Biggest stories in the world of food. <laughs> that was it for the trip. <laughs> well, you know, we gotta get we got to move on with our show. So this week on the show, we are talking about New Year's resolutions when it comes to food. And this is not diet. We're not talking about diet. We are talking about general eating resolutions, restaurant resolutions, cooking resolutions, anything like that. First up, we have Ryan Sutton, Eater New York's critic. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thanks, Amanda Clute. Thanks for having me. Uh, Thank you for coming. So mine this year, going into January, is just being a little more open-minded about where I go to eat in the neighborhoods I go to because I used to be in my youth in my 20s very adventurous in where I would go eat and I would just get on a subway for an hour or drive around for an hour like Robert Sietzema at my right hand and just go and eat anywhere and I think I've gotten maybe a little lazier and just a little more strict with my time. So I want to just know something is really, really good before I spend an hour to go eat there. And I kind of want to lose that a little bit and just be be a little more adventurous. Uh, but does does that also mean, oh, so you're actually going to be more adventurous? Yes. Good. Go back, back to what I used to be like. That's really good. And I won't lie, that's something I need to focus on myself. Mm-hmm. If I had, you know, kind of one of two resolutions, one of them would be to get a little bit further out of my own, not just neighborhood, but kind of my my work living corridor. Yeah, and like get, out of the comfort zone. Precisely. Yeah. And, you know, my father has always, for a long time, he's been working in super South Brooklyn and uh, he works near Brighton Beach, uh-huh. uh, and so I'd love to spend some more time down there eating at all the Russian and Central Asian restaurants uh, down, uh, you know, in you know, Sheepshead Bay, Brighton Beach, and uh, in addition to that, there's also some really great Uzbek restaurants in Rigo Park that I'm dying to hit. So that would be kind of right. like one right. of my I'm two add resolutions. Those to my list. All uh, right. So what's what's your resolution? So that that's one of them. Oh, great. Uh, but the other one is actually to do the opposite, uh, oh. <laughs> which is to spend a little bit more time back in my own neighborhood, ah, which I really love. Uh-huh. You know, I live in Hell's Kitchen, yep. which I think is an amazing place to live. I think mm-hmm. it's it's one of the more affordable-ish places uh, in Manhattan. About twenty percent of our population is Latin or thereabouts, mm, mm-hmm. and it means we have really good Latin restaurants. And generally speaking, in the grand scope of things, you don't have as many 
um, Latin restaurants being covered sometimes by mainstream food media. And so I think part of what I want to do is start eating at these restaurants a little bit more and start covering them more. Mm-hmm. I like to think I've already been doing it. Um, but Guantanamera, I wanna, right? Yeah, Guantanamera. It's a, a you know a Cuban restaurant that's been there for a while. Bolivian. I, I went there on your recommendation. It was very wonderful. Oh gosh, I'm glad you liked it. Mm-hmm. And I always get nervous when, especially my that bosses go to good. places. Just to, in terms of uh, giving some respect to the great Latin restaurants, not just of New York but our greater country. Uh, I gave a resolution to myself when I traveled to Denver early this year, ah. and I said I'm going to seek out specifically Latin restaurants when I travel to other parts of the country, just to make sure I'm not just doing it in my hometown or my home neighborhood, but looking uh, at other places. And so I think out of uh, the four days I was there, I made sure I ate at three re- Latin restaurants. Uh, Super Mega Bien was one of my favorites. Uh, that's by, my favorite restaurant name of the year. It's incredible. I always call it Mega Super Bien. I always mess it up. And there's a restaurant across the street. <laughs> Super Mega Bien. <laughs> Super Mega Bien. I'm really stoked about just kind of giving that part of the world uh, more of a do. Because I think to a certain extent, a lot of Latin restaurants are kind of trapped in this hole of being these casual places you walk into and you get takeout. And it's great to see place, people, not just like Daniela Sotainez at Cosme in New York, but people elsewhere like in Denver, like Dana Rodriguez, who are trying to not just elevate the cuisine, but just trying to normalize it more. And so we can make it part of our everyday eating, both in an affordable perspective, but also a more elegant perspective. Mm -hmm. Ryan Sutton, thank you so much. Love your resolution. Good luck. Love your resolution, too, (laughs) and good luck to you. Thank you. Next up on the show, Missy Frederick, our Associate Cities Editor. Missy, what is your 2020 resolution? Okay, so I've actually been doing cooking-related resolutions for about 10 years now and going. Um, Wow. And uh, basically, it started out, I kind of like would do these like little mini kitchen goals like for the year. So it would be like small things like, okay, I'm going to learn how to make dashi this year. Or I'm going to like finally use that tagine that I got on my registry, but have is like set in the closet for like, you know, three years or whatever. <laughs> and then about five years ago, it shifted into something that was more like a year long project with like a theme. And this one's this year is going to be bread baking. So I'm going to pick a different bread for each month of the year and focus on trying to not perfect the recipe because I'm not that great of a baker, but at least like learn how to make it. Like maybe January will be like focaccia or something like that. Oh, wow. Wait, what was 2019's resolution? So I called it Soups of the World, and I tried to make at least one <laughs> international soup recipe per week. How it did, ended up being more week? like 40. Yeah, oh my I did gosh. like 40 total, so wow. it didn't come out to quite a week. Yeah, but That is that a lot, though. Yeah, it turns out you don't actually want to eat soup once a week. No, God, every no. Month of the year, no, definitely in the not. Summer. Yeah, but you know, it was it was a goal. Bread, bread is a great resolution because you really can ease into it. Like I did this on my first maternity leave, where I decided I would teach myself how to bake bread, and I would set deadlines for myself. And sometimes when I didn't have time, I would just do like a quick bread. Okay. So you could do like a banana bread. Right. Uh, or you could do, yeah, focaccia is a great easy one. You could do that Mark Bittman no need bread yep. in a pinch. But then you can really work your way up into some intense breads. That's kind of what I'm hoping. Like I, I'm not very confident about making bread, but I did take a bagel making class this year. Oh, see? Yeah, yeah you're ready. That sort of like felt me like I could sort of at least eased into it that way because I learned how to like make something that had to rise, you know, and that sort of thing. So hopefully I will uh, get a little better at it as the year goes on. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Missy. Yep. Take care. Okay. Stefania Oru. It's me. What is your resolution for 2020? So my resolution is to stop being weird about food expiration dates. Okay. Okay. Um, Love it. Yeah, or food getting going bad in the fridge. Uh-huh. Um, one of the most contentious things um, between my boyfriend and I is that he will eat things that have been in the fridge for, like, way past their date, and I will 
the day that it's gone, it's it's due date, it's uh-huh. expiration date. It is. Are we talking like dead. dairy? Like he's gonna eat some sour cream mm. or milk or? No, I I think mostly things like veggies or meats mm-hmm. or leftovers. Like I oh, okay. I kind of have a four day rule. Uh-huh. If I cook something and it's been in there for four days and you're not gonna eat it, it's in the garbage. Um, he will eat things that have been in there for seven, eight, nine days. You know, a few days ago, he ate chili that was in there for a week and a half, and then had a stomach ache, and I was not liable. I definitely, last night, ate some cheesecake that had been in my fridge for a week, um, and I saw it in there, and I was like, I should throw that away, but it was so good that I was like, I'm just going to eat this anyway. I, I feel like it's, part of me hates it because I don't want to waste food, because mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, that's a crappy thing. Are you worried you're going to get sick? Yes. Or that, okay. 100%. It's yeah. not even just like a picky, like, skeevy thing. It's just, I have heard so many horror stories like there was one story however many I don't even know if it was like a like a myth about the kid who died because he ate some spaghetti that he like left out that too can't long that be true then refrigerated it then got some infection or whatever I just mm-hmm. like am so spooked by that stuff that you know I just would rather toss it than than risk getting sick but mm-hmm. you know just this week there was there were mushrooms that we bought from Wegmans two weeks ago and mm-hmm. he said he was gonna make them that weekend and he did not and they sat in there for two weeks and they were slimy oh right and so my go-to is googling how like Will when this should you kill use me? yes when should you use things that have been in there for whatever right. so now you're just gonna go for it I'm, I'm just gonna ease my food expiration date skepticism. You know, try to trust the. I'm I'm always gonna be weird about meats. Mm-hmm. You know, if I if I see something that's a little gray, sure, ground yeah. beef that's a little well, too. Gray. I think that's the takeaway is use common sense. Yeah, because a lot of times I think, especially in America, people just throw things out because of the date on the box right. versus smelling it, right. really looking at it, inspecting right. it, right. all that, and and trusting the digging a little more into into the science behind the dates and realizing mm-hmm. that some of them are just for liability. I actually yep. don't even know. If it looks fine, it tastes fine, right. it's probably fine. Right. If there's not like a, a crust on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or just I, like, the other side of this we were off. just talking about is that I grew up in a family where like if there's mold on your cheese, you cut the mold off and, right, you, right, eat right, yeah. and you eat the rest <laughs> of it. But I somehow along the years adopted the like if there's mold on it, there's probably mold inside it too. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. I don't Depends uh, on the thing. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, good luck to you. Thank you. I I'll hope you don't you. get sick. <laughs> Thanks so much. Okay. Pellen Keskin, tell me, what is your 2020 food world resolution? Um, so I'm looking inward next Great. year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've decided, obviously, that the world is um, terrible yep. and uh, has been so for a while. Nothing's new. It's just um, in that sense, I'm not I don't have any resolutions about restaurants because I think I've got great taste. <laughs> so I'm, good. I'm just going to keep doing that. Keep doing what I'm um, doing but, on the restaurant front. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm I, I'm a tourist. I like what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not going to change. Um, but I think because I am looking inward, I've decided to bake my own bread and great. make my own yogurt. Oh, all right. So I grew up in a household that we never bought yogurt. My mum mm-hmm. always had one going. Um, wow. So my mum's homemade yogurt is great. Love it. Have grew up like that. And I think it's really easy too. So that was that was part of why why the yogurt thing happened. I just I like being able to just say I made it and it's kind of like a flex too. So, so. you just always have a bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just just like there's like a in a, in, a, in my in my house in London like there's always just like a, a 
a pot mm-hmm. um, of, of yogurt all the time. So we just like use that. And then my mum just uses that as like a mother and then keeps keep ah. like a mother thing. Whatever so it'll they be call related it. to the bread and that you have the mothers exactly. going. Yeah. Like and, you know, fermentation. I've mm-hmm. heard that's kind of cool. Very cool. In the, fu- in the food world. Um, but I think the bread thing is more of um, part of looking inward is that I want to persevere at something <laughs> without giving up. Okay. Um, and you know that bread is hard. Bread is hard. Yeah. You make a lot of mistakes with bread. Um, and I'm terrible at not being excellent at something on the first go. Mm-hmm. If I'm not excellent at something on the first go, I just won't do it. And right. then my track record is perfect, right? So I'm trying to move away from that. That's yeah. what my therapist said I should do. <laughs> so I'm I'm trying to do something that I'm new at that I might not. That you know you might fail, like and you for can sure. keep trying. Yeah, mm-hmm. like no one is ever great at bread yeah. on the first go. So I'm gonna keep trying, and then through that journey. This seems like a common resolution and yeah. I love it because yeah. it does make me think of of real New Year's resolutions where it's yeah. something that's very hard and you know you, you're going to be challenged by it. Yep. But in the end, this time next year, you're going to look back and say like, wow, look at all this beautiful bread. That yeah. Look at all these Instagram posts that no one gave a fuck mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. Um, of my middle section. But then it's like this <laughs> but, and, you and know, ceramics. Care, so. This yeah. and ceramics. When I follow people on Instagram yeah. and then after eight yeah. months, I'm like, damn. Yeah. You got good at that. You got really good you at it. You were terrible at the beginning. And I'm, I can't wait to, you know, put the office through my journey as yes, well. We by just like bringing all, all the, the loaves in. And I, just, I think, like, as a, as a B-plot as to why I'm doing it is I, I just want to reclaim it from the bros. Yeah, there so, there's a big trend in the bro world, the yeah. bro community of getting into bread. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, try, I'm trying to make it more of, like, a femme thing. Yeah, make it yeah. femme. I've done this before. Mm. So I have all the bread books that I'm just going to give you. Okay, great. I'm just going to bring them into the office because I, <laughs> I accepted my failure and I no longer bake bread. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to just pass on Thank you. everything to you and what, then I'll eat your bread. What did you learn from that journey? It takes so much time. Yeah. And you, you have, have to, to be you have to be committed. And I wasn't yeah. committed enough. So I, I like that you're coming in, understanding that it's going to be yeah. a challenge, committing to it. Yeah. Um, I was just like, oh, fuck this. I don't yeah. think I knew. I didn't totally comprehend what I was getting into. Yeah. And I gave up. I think... Um, the time aspect, mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay with. Just like you know, you wait two days, three days, yeah. to prove something, and I'm just you like might getting set ready an for alarm that. and wake up in the middle of the night. That was the other thing. Is oh, I was doing this yeah. at the same time as having a baby, so I was already waking up in the middle of the night. I didn't right. want to set another alarm. Yeah, sleep was too precious. Yeah, because then once you're once you're asleep, that's it. Yeah, you need you need to get it where you can. But but this is great for you. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. <laughs> Um, obviously, you know, call me back on the podcast in February when I've given up. Oh, yes. Well, good luck. Thank you. Okay, Martha Daniel, Eater Digest producer, <laughs> what is your resolution for 2020? My resolution for 2020 when I'm dining out is to be a little bit more spontaneous. Okay. So I've fallen into this pattern where I just research everything to death before I step foot into a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I need to just in let New go. York or when you travel or both? All of the above. Uh-huh. Like even when I'm home in Texas, mm-hmm. it's just so bad. Like I can't like just pop into a place and like see what it's going to be like. Right. Like I just consult like every single source I can find. Mm-hmm. It drives my boyfriend crazy. Like when we're walking around in a a new neighborhood we need to eat something he's like let's just pop in someplace and I like pull out my phone I'm yeah trying to find the perfect spot and it's like not every spot's gonna be the perfect spot this happens to me whenever I travel with people who aren't my husband mm-hmm. and they just want to be like oh here's a place to eat 
And I'm like, no, 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 wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, you're just going to have a meal at any old place? Anywhere? I, I mapped out 50 different places we could be dining at at this moment. Like, let's just get in a car and go to one of my places on my map. And they're like, no, yeah. dude, we're just going to eat. It's yeah. breakfast. Who cares? And it's hard to be the person who, like, your friends always consult as, like, the person in charge yeah. of the meals because, like, you feel this responsibility for, like, right. making it be good even though, like— Truly, that's not your problem. I will bear the responsibility if I get to dictate where we eat. It's like, okay, then if it sucks, it's my fault. But mm-hmm. at least I'm I'm looking into all of our options. Yeah. Do you find yourself getting resentful of people who are like, oh, it's whatever, and then they pop into a spot and you get dragged along and it sucks? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Does that really bum you out? Yeah, yeah, of course. But it makes you realize that not everybody is as hyper-focused on the quality of the food. Yeah. And... To your point, sometimes maybe we should just all relax a little bit. Yeah. And, and just see where life takes us. Right. And you, it probably won't be the most mind-blowing casual lunch but you've ever had in your life. maybe it will be. But maybe it'll be your new spot. Yeah. And then you can say, I just found this place. I just popped in. You just in. wandered in. We'll be right back with the biggest stories of the week. All right, Daniel, time for some stories. All right. Uh, can I tell you my favorite story from the past couple weeks? Yeah. It's the Kim Kardashian pantry story. I don't know anything about this. Okay, great. <laughs> So I enjoy this story. This, by the way, yeah, we've had a month to generate stories. I know, but you look back on stories from last month and they just feel so old. They sure do. So, so we're starting we're, fresh. We're starting fresh. New year, new stories. I like the Kim Kardashian pantry story because I was off last week traveling in Oaxaca. And that means I wasn't reading the food news. But this one crossed the threshold for me. Oh, there you because go. Because it was in some group texts. Mm, okay. A friend of mine texted... Go look at Kim Kardashian's Insta stories right now. And I did. And you weren't disappointed? I was not disappointed. (laughs) Well, take me through Kim Kardashian's Insta stories. I went back and read the slacks of our eater team. And I think they were like, who cares? Mm -hmm. But being in my bubble on vacation, I was like, this is fucking fantastic. Basically, she Instagrammed a picture of her in front of her fridge. And the fridge just had water and milk in it. Like a bunch of milk. <laughs> That's surprising. Three different kinds of milk. Mm-hmm. Many. Wait, wait, wait. Dairy milk? I think varieties of milk. Okay. So maybe there was an oat milk, maybe there was an almond milk and a dairy milk. Okay. And then multiple cartons of each. And then a ton of glass bottles of water. So she Instagrams this and people went nuts saying like, what is, where's the food? Why yeah. do you just have milk and water in your fridge? Mm-hmm. So she did an Instagram story saying, listen. That's just one of my fridges. Yeah. And then gave a whole tour of her pantry and her real walk-in, like, restaurant-style fridge. She's a walk-in fridge? Oh, yeah, she does. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, this is not surprising to many people because, obviously, she's rich. So, of course, her pantry is elaborate. But you got to love tours of elaborate pantries. So her pantry... It's just full of all these glass jars of cereal. Yeah. All right. And then she has all these jars of different kinds of sprinkles. <laughs> and then she shows her Froyo machine. Oh, she has a Froyo machine? Yeah. So it's like if an eight-year-old had yeah. tens of millions of dollars right. to create a pantry. It's like I would just put sprinkles Blank and check. cereals and like all this milk. Yeah. And then she went to her real kitchen and showed oh this God. like beautiful array in her walk-in fridge of all these vegetables and snacks. And okay. Blah, blah, blah. So that was like her kid fridge. I don't know if it's the kid fridge or just like they all eat a lot of cereal. That's pretty great. I mean, I never have enough milk at home, but that has absolutely nothing to do with this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she has so much. Just cartons upon cartons. Yeah. What was surprising to me is that her kitchen. I bet there's no dairy in there. I'm sorry. 
Probably not. Her. Yeah. Well, no, she has four kids. So maybe some of them drink dairy. That's true. She was saying there's so many different kinds of milk because the kids all like different things. Ah, okay. That's nice. Uh, her kitchen <laughs> itself didn't seem all that stylish. I'm unclear what you really like about this story. Is it that she has just milk in the fridge, in one fridge no, with just milk? No, I think it's just like I like celebrity tours of mm -hmm. pantries and fridges. And I hate that genre of food writing. Like that's always pitched to oh, us. We always see it in magazines, like right. inside so and so's fridge. But it's always boring people. It's like <laughs> I don't care what's in this chef's fridge. It's always like champagne and a bottle of water or something. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah. But Kim it's Kardashian's high, high dozens of glass jars filled with cereals and then racks of sprinkles. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Right, because she cares what's in her house and she has basically infinite money. Yeah. So. Right, so money. You could do anything. What do you do with $10 million? Design your dream pantry situation. What is it stocked with? I'll tell you what's in mine. Anchovies. <laughs> but like from around the world. You could still do that. By the I way, bet, Ortiz anchovies. Anchovies aren't that expensive. Even the best anchovies. You can probably afford Starting some fancier. Starting now. <laughs> <laughs> some fancier anchovies. Last week, Daniel, was the Consumer Electronics <laughs> Show in Las Vegas. It sounds like the worst event. I would never want to go there. Why does it sound like the worst thing in the world to you? Uh, just a bunch of tech people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and people trying to promote their weird curvy TVs. Yeah. And I think the timing is rough because it's right after New Year's. Yeah. So I think a lot of people probably don't want to be there. Also, Vegas. Vegas isn't my fave. No. I don't think it's anyone's fave, really. If Vegas is your favorite... You know what? That's no, strange. No, I know some people where Vegas is their favorite. Okay. So they're not strange. Shout out to them. Okay. But anyway, this is where people show off the newest electronics, latest and, and greatest tech innovations of the year. There are a couple food ones. None of them sound all that exciting. There's one. Did you see the one about the trash can? Okay. Yeah. The trash can. The smart trash can. Mm hmm. Yeah. Where it relines the bag for you. Is that Relines it? the bag for you and it seals the top of it once it's full. When it knows it's full. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need that. Voice activated faucet. Okay. This is the silliest one. <laughs> you know, it was, it was appropriate. It has a leak detector. Jeez. Yeah. I would absolutely love to hear this thing saying leaking, leaking, Why leaking. Why would you need a voice activated faucet? This is the thing. When are you... Okay, the only, let's come up with a circumstance where you would need a voice activated faucet. Let's say you have dry pasta in a pot and you're just waiting to cover it with water. Like, if you put that uh -huh. in the sink ahead of time and then you're walking towards it and you know that you need to start filling it with water, like, but you could just put the water on ahead of time and leave it on the stove. I literally can't yeah, I think don't. of any reason you would need a voice-activated faucet. The reason would be if your hands are very dirty and you yeah. don't want to touch stop, anything. Stop, stop, stop. There you go. Yeah, that's they right. They have those things now, those faucets that you can just kind of touch. So you could touch it with your arm and the faucet would turn on. That's so this still would be like contact. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you're completely... You're still spreading <laughs> germs, okay? Let's say you're, yeah, covered from elbow to fingertip with... Yeah. Something. Goo. Yeah. You could just say faucet on. Yeah. I mean, I see surgeons clamoring to this. Yeah, there you go. You know? It's for surgeons. Yeah. On. What? What, doctor? What'd you say? Oh, I was talking to the- Just talking to the faucet. Talking to the faucet. Um, okay, what else? And then there's one from LG. It's a fridge with a something attached where you can grow herbs that 
sounds kind of cool, but like, I'm. Yeah, because I just don't really believe in combining things. You know, yeah. your fridge can be your fridge, but I think that the fridge uh, automatically has a better um, environment for growing. So I can understand how you are actually being efficient by combining mm-hmm. the things. But you know what? TV fridges, like all these things never really worked. Yeah. I guess, you know, as someone who stocks the fridge significantly more than I do, and you are in a family with more people, are you ever interested what's in your fridge? Like, have you ever been at Trader Joe's or something being like, do I have milk right now? Because I always thought that the mm. fridge camera yeah. was a useful thing. I guess that could be useful. Yeah? Yeah, but not enough that I would really go out of my way to buy one. But if yeah. my fridge had that feature, I guess I would use it. Um, what about the one where the pan attaches to your smartphone <sighs> and then it lets you uh, accurately weigh, count your I calories I think I want my stuff. kitchen to be dumber, yeah. like not smarter. Right. Less internet in my kitchen. Yeah. Don't need it. Well, I think that goes all the way back to the microwave having the different food options on there for you. No one has ever used those ever in the history of humanity. No, I've used the popcorn button. Well, then you're doing a bad job popcorn. (laughs) I mean, I haven't used it in years, but I've definitely pressed that button. You have? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because why not? It's there. This is popcorn. I know you go a minute and a half, you check, you check, and then you you make a note of it, mental note for next time. No, I just all popcorns pop at different popcorn button. Up next on the show, we have Erica Hall, who is the general manager of Winsun. Hi, Erica. How are you? Hey. I'm good. We got an email from a listener uh, with, I guess you could say, a complaint about a restaurant, and it definitely a service complaint. And we wanted to we wanted to read it to you as you know, uh, if, as as someone who is a fantastic restaurant manager, and and get your take on it, and see if the restaurant handled it well, or or maybe what you would have done. Um, instead. It wasn't about Winston, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, is this a trap? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that would have been a huge twist. It would have been. Okay, so this couple dined at a restaurant in LA. I won't say which one. Um, and she, the the wife told the server that the husband was allergic to sesame seeds. Just the seeds, not the oil. The server told them which dishes to avoid, and they even swapped two dishes because there was a sesame uh, sesame seed something in our original choices. They had an excellent meal until dessert. They ordered a dessert, uh, which contains <laughs> almonds and peanuts, according to the menu. Guess what? It also contained sesame seeds, unbeknownst to them. The waitress didn't remember, and my husband realized he was being poisoned five bites in. Um, we called the waitress over and she confirmed there was sesame in the dish. The manager came over and asked what she could do. We told her we needed to leave as quickly as possible and needed the check. While they heavily discounted the meal, I strongly believe it should have been fully comped. She kept asking what she could do, sort of expecting me to beg for a comp, which I did not do. The bill was $167 and I left no tip. Do you agree that we shouldn't have had to pay for anything in the meal? If the restaurant had handled it differently, I would consider going back at this point, but we'll never step foot in there again. And it's even soured her opinion of the chef's other restaurants, even though she knew it was a fluke and not a systemic issue. Thanks. Uh, Erica, break it down. Oh, buddy. Uh, (laughs) You know, that's something, that's like such a tough spot to be in because it like just starting from the end of the email, it definitely shouldn't sour her opinion of the chef's other restaurants because that's clearly 
it was a service issue, not like uh, like not something they did intentionally or something that they would ever try to do. Like no restaurant would ever try to do that. That's one of the most stressful situations to be in. Like when you realize that you've just given somebody their allergen. I think it's probably happened to like everybody because nobody's perfect. And you kind of have to like, I think as a guest be like, okay, this server has however many tables. If I have an allergy, I'm probably going to remind the server before I reorder again, just because I don't know what's been going on when they're away from my table. They could have completely forgotten that I have an allergy or maybe you didn't even order with the same server. So I think it's important to like reiterate your allergies. Also, there's no way if somebody is having an allergic reaction and they need to leave that I'm dropping a check. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to be like, you go this dinner. You just paid for this dinner with your life. <laughs> Jesus. I've actually made that joke before one time. Somebody, one of, like one person <laughs> at the table had like almost ate their allergy. And I was like, you know what, you guys, your buddy over here took care of dinner tonight by risking their life. <laughs> For you guys. Oh, God. But, yeah, no, I think probably I wouldn't have charged them for dinner if you are about to, like, leave and go pay a hospital bill or go pay for an EpiPen to shoot into your wherever you do that. Ah, that's just so uncomfortable. I feel bad for the manager and the guest, honestly, just because that's... But, yeah, no, if the question was would I have charged them, I definitely would not have. Yeah. But don't be people now coming around trying to get uh, eat their allergies. <laughs> don't use this against Erica. Yeah. Like, I heard you on a podcast, and it says if I just eat some peanuts, <laughs> I get my dinner for free. Yeah. I, I would like to know exactly what they took off the bill. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, did they call them an ambulance? <laughs> Erica, actually, while I have you here, we have another service-related email that I thought I would uh, thought I would read you. Um, this one, I will share her. I will spare her name, but this one is called "Poaching Service Staff in Restaurants." Uh, this woman recently moved to New York, and she's opening a restaurant. And she wanted to say, being new to the city, I don't have a large network of industry folks, so my recruitment efforts have been mostly web-based job postings. However, I've found some ideal server and bartender candidates while dining at other restaurants. What's the protocol for poaching servers while dining? Is it wildly inappropriate to tell a server whose service you're impressed with that you'd like for them to join your team? Asking for a friend. No, she's not. But Erica, (laughs) what... uh, this must happen all the time. Yeah, what do you think? This is, I mean, this is how, like, I went about finding a job. Like, going out to eat, finding places where I like the service, and then being like, this is somewhere that I would want to work. So I think that it goes the same way. Like, if you're looking for people, that happens Like that happens to me with servers who work at Winston. They'll come up and be like, yo, I was so-and-so the other night, and this server was amazing, and I think that you should reach out to them. So, like, I think that's totally fair. And a lot of times, people... Are looking for a second job. Yeah, but everybody, also if, everybody poaches. You got to be on the low about it a little bit, but maybe don't do it too much. But for all you know, they're <laughs> unhappy, and you have the keys to a better situation for them. But you're not pumped if you hear a table is like just asked your server to uh, to come like do a trial at their restaurant. Are you? No, sure I am. I'm like, yeah, that's great for you. They're. I mean, look if if you. As long as they're not going to change their availability on me, I don't mind what, what's going on. <laughs> Especially because most of the time, like for like, I'm in a unique situation where people who I work with, like we're such a tight crew and every, like it's such a family that for the most part, everybody's really happy. 
So I don't think that mm. anybody can poach anybody from me. <laughs> but, you know, if you can poach yeah. from other places, like, that's cool. So if you were starting again, your first move, obviously you would talk to all your friends in the industry, but you would just go out and eat and, like, and, and, and when you had a good experience with someone, you'd note them down for later? Something that I think about all the time. I would never just, like, walk into a place that I'd never been in during service and be like, I want to work here. Like, I, why would you want to work somewhere you had never been and you had never experienced? Right. And you want people who want to work there. Yeah. Any other industry, I don't think people are just applying for businesses that they've never heard of. <laughs> like, if somebody's yeah. like, hey, Dan, come do a podcast for us. But you've never heard of them. Are you going to quit your job? Okay, where? <laughs> Anywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's a great point, though, that the restaurant industry is so flexible that it might not mean them leaving you if they get a second job. No, 100%. A lot of servers are only, like, people who work for me, at least, it's like three days a week is how many days you want to be working, but you can make mm-hmm. the amount of money that you might make at a desk job in that three days as opposed to the five days. So. Right. Picking up two more days somewhere else if you need money in that time is like kind of standard. Uh, well, Eric, I think this is this might have been a good ad for you. I may, maybe you'll get a lot of servers hitting you up now, being like, <laughs> "I want to join the family." No, we definitely do have a lot of people who want to, but we're like, I don't, I don't have any shifts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Erica, thank you for fielding you. our service-related questions. We will Thanks check for in having soon. Me, this is oh, like no Yelp problem. I could respond to, you know. <laughs> There was a tweet that was <laughs> that got a lot of traction over the holidays where this person stacked all of her plates at the restaurant and said, everyone, do more of this in 2020. And there was a bit of a debate mm-hmm. uh, at Eater about, is this wrong or is this right? Yeah. And I wanted to get your opinion because, in my opinion, it's wrong. Wrong? Yeah. Why is it wrong? I mean, let's start with that. Why do you think it's wrong? I guess it depends on the restaurant. Yeah. Like maybe if you're at a diner, it's yeah. okay. But if you were at a high-end restaurant and we finished our plates and I just like stacked them in the middle of the table, wouldn't you feel that was wrong? Yeah. Also, as a server, you have a system yeah. for what system. you're doing and yeah. how you like to clear things. And sometimes there are bussers that have their own systems. So just having someone like maybe there's a way that they get rid of food or paper right. or whatever. And who knows what's on these plates if someone else is stacking them. So fundamentally... I go into things like this believing I'm 100% right, uh-huh. but open to be proven wrong. Sure, Like sure. if someone who actually spends a lot of time bussing tables, which I've done, some time bussing tables. Uh-huh. I spent a summer bussing tables and doing scratch and win lottery tickets. I would say I did both of them in equal part. But So uh, you spent all your buster salary on scratch it. tickets? It was pathetic, frankly, but mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, in a fine dining restaurant, Part of the experience they're giving you is the hospitality and is the idea that they are there to make to curate the perfect experience for you. Right. So you're infringing on what they believe is part of their service if you're stacking plates. You're also Well, theoretically, if their job is to provide you with hospitality. Yeah. And you you get to do whatever you want. You can stack the plates or not. Sure, but but if I, your goal is to try to make their lives easier, right. Per this person, ooh, it's an important. I just split I this. just don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you're making their lives that much easier. You might be making their lives harder. The thing in the fine dining restaurant is like it looks like the back of house to see plates stacked on each other. So 
you're actually taking away from all the other diners experiences mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you are creating this garish yeah. pile of plates really yes disgusting maybe it's reflecting poorly on your server so the general manager is like why aren't you on top of this table you're also burning you're getting your server fired yeah. so let's do less of this maybe. in 2020 yeah I think though that because it, the, the GM sees you're stacking plates yeah. and think these people are, have been there so long right. that they're trying to send a message to you. Yeah, it's like when you're been waiting to order for so long yeah. that you close the menu and put them in a pile at the end. Like, hey, come on. You know, it's it, it gets to, to an interesting philosophical point, which is like, if you are you helping someone by doing something that uh, you think is helping them, but really you're making their life more difficult. Like, sure. you know, well, also you just read the room. You know, read the room. Like there are some restaurants I go to a lot where this would be appropriate. Yeah, and maybe there's like a lot of plates coming, and you're trying to make room, and that's fine. I've got a message to this woman. Why stop at bussing the plates? Why not bring your own freaking tray, stack all your plates, put them in the in the bus bin, and then just bring them to the back of the kitchen? Why not go cook your fucking food? Wow. Oh. <laughs> a little more aggressive than I was looking for, but okay. <laughs> Sounds like we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Eaters Digest. If you liked it, you know, pass it on to a friend. Also, if you have thoughts on stacking plates, email us, digestateater.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all we have for you this week. We'll be back next week with more fresh content. Yes. Okay, goodbye. Bye.